Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. But uh, it was Pastor Sean's birthday yesterday, so make sure that you guys give him an amazing shout-out and elbow bump and air high-five and all of that for him today because uh, we just want to make sure that he feels special, that he feels blessed. And hey, if you are new here at Refuge, whether you are new here in person or you are new joining us online, I want to encourage you to check out all of the things that we have going on around here at Refuge by checking out our weekly It's like a digital bulletin, and uh, there should be a link up here on the screen or up on your your screen at home, and you can check that out to see all of the things that we have going on here. We have a thriving youth ministry that has a couple of really awesome events coming up. Great things are happening with kids. If if those of you who are at home who have young kids and you aren't able to be here today, we do have things online for you as well, and you can check out that link on the weekly. Another thing that we would love to be able to connect with you. So the weekly is how you connect with us, but we want to connect with you. So you can uh, open up your phone if you're here live in person, or you can do this online. We have a connect card, and there should be a QR code that you can see, and it's just a short little form where you can fill that out, tell us a little bit about who you are, and where we'll be able to connect with you and uh, email you or call you or whatever you may need. If you are not new here, You can still fill that out. Let us know how we can be praying for you because we love to pray for you. That is one of the things that our staff here, we just are really passionate about connecting with you in that way. Um, Another great thing that Refuge does around here, I love the community of Refuge because we are a very generous community. And so when you give to Refuge, your giving goes all over the world. It blesses people here in Orange, and it blesses people all over the world in sharing the gospel and doing all kinds of things to help further the kingdom. And so if you are interested in partnering with us in that way, there are several different ways that you can do that. You can do that online through your phone, through an app. You can mail it to us, to a P.O. box, whatever is within your comfort level. We would love for you to partner with us in that. So So you can go ahead and and, uh, check out that information as well. But we have, like I said, so much is going on around here at Refuge. We have just been a a busy little church. You know, this whole last year, um, you know, Yuli said everything is opening back up again. Well, I'm excited because Refuge never closed. We have been moving. We have been going forward. We have been doing all kinds of stuff. Now, it may have looked different depending on the season, right? Sometimes we were here in person inside. Sometimes we were outside under a tent. Sometimes we didn't have a tent, and so we were all watching, you know, and participating like this because the sun was in our eyes. But thank God we have sun. I was speaking to another couple of pastors who were up in Big Bear. One of them is in Alaska. They don't have the same kind of sun, you know, this time of year. So praise God that we were still able to get together that way. Other ways we were meeting online, but we have never closed, and I'm just so grateful grateful for that. But I have to say, in this time, I have personally been 
super busy. We've moved. Many of you uh, know that we recently moved here to be a little closer to the church. And it's actually, I counted it up. Um, Let's see, my husband and I have been married for 22 years. I believe this is our sixth move in those 22 years, which doesn't sound like a lot, but two of those moves have been in less than two years. So we've been, it feels like I've been packing and unpacking, packing and unpacking, packing and unpacking, sorting, decluttering, all of that stuff just over and over and over again. And I am excited to say that as of yesterday, we've officially unpacked our last box in our home. So thank you, thank you, very excited. So today we get to start uh, cleaning out the garage, which is really excited. I'm going to pay Emily to help me out because I need her big muscles. Um, But one of the things that I was reflecting on as I was going through some of these last boxes yesterday was um, that, that, you know, this is kind of the year for spring cleaning. Maybe some of you have been thinking about that, about cleaning. Maybe you were cleaning out your garage this weekend, you know, and, uh, but this is kind of that time of year where we begin to kind of look at all of the dust and the dirt that built up over the winter, you know. Um, Maybe we don't have uh, snowshoes in the mud room. Maybe we didn't track all of the, you know, dirt and mud in throughout the year, but we definitely, it's time to like open up the windows, open up the, you know, let the sun shine in, and then you begin to see the little like, it looks like glitter, but then you realize it's like dead skin cells and like (laughs) disgusting, you know, dust mites and things like that. Like you're breathing that in and you're like, oh, I gotta go change all my, all my fill, my purification filters, you know, it's time to clean up. And as I was unpacking yesterday, I kind of was reflecting, there are some boxes that I have just moved from garage to garage, to garage, to garage over the years, and I've never actually opened them. Am I the only one that, like, you have some boxes that you were like, I'm just going to deal with this later. I'm just going to, you know, maybe you shoved it in the crawl space, or maybe you rented a storage unit and you've got them over there, but you you don't actually remember what's in those boxes. And so, you, you know, you, you go through all this decluttering, and you kind of hit a wall, and you think, I'm not going to deal with that today. I'm going to just kind of put that over there. And so, you know, we we put it aside and we don't think about it again until it's time to clean out and do some spring cleaning. And then we open it up and we're like, I don't think I'm ready to deal with this yet. So I'm going to just put it back under the house. I'm not ready to unpack that box yet. Well, I feel like this is a really great time in the lectionary uh, season that we're in. We're, We're in this season of Lent where we're really spending some time reflecting on the upcoming Easter celebration, right? And we get so excited about Easter because it's when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the victory that he had over sin and over death. But before that, we have Good Friday, where we really reflect on the sacrifice of him, that that, that he went willingly to the cross and he willingly died for our sin. And last week, Brenton talked about that famous verse that we've all memorized, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, we're part of that world. And if you've been a believer for quite some time, I came to know the Lord when I was 14. 
<clears throat> I'm not going to tell you how many years ago that was, but it's been a while, right? It's been a while. Um, and if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, this may be, I don't even know, maybe it's your 20th Easter. Maybe this is your, your, your 30th year going through the Lent season. Maybe this is something that you've heard again and again and again. And so when you hear verses like John 3.16, when God, you know, for God so loved the world, yada, yada, yada. Maybe you have it memorized in three different translations. And so when you hear it, it just kind of, you kind of gloss over a little bit. Well, there's a passage that we're going to go through today that is a little bit like that. It's actually the first segment of scripture that I memorized, and it's out of Psalm 51. And if you have your Bibles today, I actually brought a real Bible. I've been watching Brenton. He got a new Bible, so he brought it up here the other day, and I was like, I want to be just like Brenton, so I got a giant Bible that I'm going to bring up here today. Uh, but you guys may have it on your phones, your tablets, or it'll also be up on the screen. Um, if you're joining us on our refugeoc.online.church platform, there's a little tab that you can click on and you can follow through the scriptures with us. But we're going to be just going through the first 12 verses of Psalm 51. And uh, there's a specific segment in here that really caught my eye this week as I was reflecting on this Lent season that we're going through. And I'm just going to read it to you right now. Psalm 51 says, beginning at verse 1, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions. My sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. This is my favorite part. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This is such a powerful scripture. And as I read it, it's easy to kind of gloss it over because honestly, I've been a Christian for a long time. I said that first prayer of confession many, many, many moons ago. This is kind of one of those scriptures where it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. But I'm saved, I'm good. Jesus and I were tight, you know, it's good. It's all good. And then I get into seasons that are hard, seasons like this past year. And we have talked about 2020 over and over and over again. But it was a hard, hard year for so many of us. And even leading up to the, the events of 2020 that really, I mean, shut everybody down, it really was a great, like, leveling of, of the playing field. Like, we all hit hard times in 2020. But even leading up to 2020, 2019 was really hard for my family. 
that's when we lost a very important family member in our lives. And even leading up before that, 2018 was really, really hard on us. It was very difficult on me as we watched my mother-in-law go through cancer and we transitioned from one area to another in our lives and we just hit rough patch after rough patch after rough patch. And even before 2018, 2017 and 2016 and 2015 and you can go back and back and back and back and begin to really reflect on difficult times in your lives and really as I look back over at least the last three years, maybe even more, it's been really hard. I had some friends recently ask me, Nikki, when are you preaching again? You haven't preached in so long. And you know, I have to be honest with them. I haven't preached in a long time, but you know what? I'm not mad about it because I haven't felt worthy to stand up here and share scripture with you and try to teach you truth about how God loves you because I have been going through such a season where I didn't feel it. How many of you guys have watched WandaVision? I don't want to give anything away, but there was one point in that movie where I literally wept because there's this line where this person is grieving a loss. And as they look at this representation of what they lost, they just simply said, I can't feel you. And it broke my heart because that has been my relationship with God for the last several months. I know he's there, but I cannot feel him. And it's really hard when you think, I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to feel distant from the Lord. Like, this is my job. I'm like a professional Christian, you know? Like, really, I get paid to do this. And yet here I'm having a hard time connecting with this God that I'm supposed to be expressing love for and sharing his miracles about. And it's been very difficult for me because I feel like a fraud. So when it's been so long since I've stood up here to preach God's word, I have not felt sad about that because I knew that it wasn't going to come from a place of truth and honesty. But I can tell you this, that God is good. Even when we don't feel him, he's there. And he knows what we're going through. And one of the things that I've struggled with in this season, feeling a little bit angry, having some temper tantrums, I'll admit, sometimes giving God the silent treatment, is this thought that he already knows how I'm feeling. He already knows what I'm struggling with. He knows I'm mad at him. I know he loves me. So you know what? We're just going to keep going on. We're going to pack that up in a box, and we're going to shove it in the corner, and we're going to pretend that everything is all good. We're going to pretend that everything is clean and tidy and beautiful, that it's company ready. How many of you guys ever, like, we had a couple people over last weekend, and we, our house was so clean because we knew we were having people over, and I was like, I can't wait until we're able to, like, have people over all the time when it's safe because my house will never get dirty because I'll be having a reason to clean all the time, and now that I have three toilets in my house, man, this is like, I don't know what I was thinking when we picked this place, but three toilets is hard to keep up, okay, but man alive, I remember a time when I was about 12 years old, I was sleeping over at a friend's house, my friend Erica. We grew up like sisters. I've known her since I was 10. We're still friends to this day. And I remember specifically having a sleepover at her house, and her parents worked the night shift. And they were like, hey, 
we need you guys to get this place cleaned up before we get home in the morning. Okay, when you're 12 and you're having a sleepover, is cleaning house the first thing on your to-do list? No, not at all. Of course, we stayed up all night. We watched MTV. We watched Nickelodeon. We watched all this stuff. We had so much fun. It was a blast until about 6.30 a.m. happened. And we realized, oh my gosh, they're going to be home in like 30 minutes. What have we done? We have not cleaned anything. We literally ran around and just shoved things in cabinets and closets and under the bed. And then, this is my favorite part. Okay, kids, do not try this at home. Remember Lemon Pledge? Well, they had wood paneling on their walls in their home. This was back in like the 90s, you know, that was still a thing. And uh, I just remember taking Lemon Pledge and putting it on paper towels and literally running up and down the hallways, up and down the living room, in all the rooms, just wiping Lemon Pledge everywhere, almost like perfume. Like we were like anointing the house, you know what I'm saying? And they walked in and they were like, it smells so good in here. You guys have worked so hard. It looks so great. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're just so exhausted. It wasn't clean, but it smelled clean. It looked clean. It passed the test. And we were able to actually get some sleep. And we felt really, we were pretty proud of ourselves, actually. But the truth is, we knew it wasn't really clean. And I think sometimes we can get that way in our personal walk with the Lord. If you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, you begin to develop these habits. You begin to develop these routines. Maybe you get up early every day and you read your Bible. You know, you go on like a prayer walk or uh, you come to every worship night or maybe you are on the worship team or maybe you are serving in some other capacity. You're teaching in kids' ministries and you've got the look down. You know what it looks like to be a good Christian. You know how to clean it up, right? Like maybe, you're, maybe you're, you're one way Monday through Saturday, but Sunday morning you show up here, you're all clear-eyed, smile, you smell fresh, you're great. But then you go home and Monday happens and it's right back to let's just shove those boxes back under the house. We don't want to deal with those today. And I think sometimes it's easy to almost become a performative Christian where we're just going through the motions. And you guys, I'm speaking from great personal experience. It happens to us even as pastors. We can go through the motions, and it's just, you know what? I'll show up on Sunday with a smile. Nobody's even going to know. Let me tell you about a guy who was just going through the motions, and it caught up to him big time. This guy was the greatest. He was so, I mean, you want to talk about, like, celebrity. This was like a famous, famous guy, known everywhere. If you saw him on the street, there'd probably be paparazzi following him. This guy would have been on Oprah, okay? The Oprah would have wanted to know his down and dirty detailed secrets. This guy knew what was what. He was a leader. He was a warrior. He was a musician. He was amazing at everything he did. There was nothing that he could do that would fail. His name was David, and he was the king of Israel. And there came a time, one spring, maybe a spring a little bit like this, where he was just kind of coasting, and instead of going out to battle and leading his army like he was supposed to, he felt like, you know, things are good. I think I'm just going to hang back. 
I'm just going to hang back, let somebody else go forward. I gave them instructions, they're fine. And he just decided to hang out at home and just get a little R&R. Well, the problem is when R&R becomes more than just rest and relaxation, what ended up happening was he ended up falling into some great, big messes. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Ten Commandments, and we talked about things like don't commit adultery, don't murder, do not covet another man's wife, do not steal. We talked about all of those things, great reminders. Well, David failed all of those. In one act, he not only saw another man's wife, but as the king, he said, I want her, and he took her. And then that resulted in a pregnancy. Well, oh, shoot. How are we going to hide this now? Oh, I know. Okay, I'm going to call her husband out from battle, and I'm going to get him good and, like, you know, let's make him want to go home and hang out with his wife, and then maybe he'll think that it's his baby. Except he was an honorable man and was like, I can't go home and relax when my, you know, fellow soldiers are out there. I can't do that. Well, so David's plan didn't work. Well, eventually it escalated into murdering her husband. David had this guy taken out so that he could then, oh, you're a widow now, come be my wife, and oh, everything's all clean and hunky-dory, and everything looks good. The problem is God knew what he had done, and God sent a friend to him that said, hey, this isn't okay. What you did is not right. And when David was confronted with his sin, he knew that what he had done was wrong. When he was confronted with what he had done, the only thing he could do was weep and repent. And that is where we get Psalm 51. These are his words. He wrote this after he was confronted about the rape and the murder, and the lying, and the coveting, and the covering up, and the stealing, and all of the things that he had done. Because on the outside, he was coasting. Everything was good. It looked great. He could do no wrong. But on the inside, something was off, and it led to some messed up stuff. And he knew in here, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. See, David thought he was covering it up, but he knew what he had done, and the Lord knew what he had done. And so we hear this prayer of confession. Because, you see, here's the thing. Even though God knew, David needed to say these words out loud. He needed to bring it before the Lord and confess to him, Lord, I have done you wrong. Lord, I've done you dirty, and I need you to clean up my mess for me. I need you to help me make this right. And so that is exactly what the Lord did. But what I really love is these verses 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew a loyal spirit within me. We come to God and we say, hey, God, I don't want to stray from you ever again. God doesn't want us to stray from him either. So help, he wants to help renew us. He wants to help clean us up. 
Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. These are words I have prayed over this last year. I have prayed this so personally and so deep. I would go through moments where I'd be throwing a tantrum at the Lord, and then I'd go through moments of giving him silent treatment, and then I'd come right back to this scripture because this was one of the first scriptures I'd ever memorized. And so it kept coming up again and again like the Lord was reminding me, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And this is where I'm at today, verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. We can have that joy again. If you have boxes under your house that you haven't looked at in years, you can clean those up and dig them out and get rid of them and feel free and your joy can be restored. God wants to restore unto us the joy of our salvation once again. It's like when you first come to know the Lord and you are so excited because you feel freedom and you know that he has done something amazing for you and you can't wait to go and tell all of your friends and then life gets hard and things kind of get stale and then you get to a place where you're just kind of like, oh, yay, it's Easter again, right? But he wants to restore unto us that joy that we first experienced when we received salvation. And that's where I'm at today. I cried out to the Lord and said, I can't feel you. And he met me where I was at. I want to just encourage you today, if you cannot feel him, he is there. I'd love for the worship team to come up today and, and close us out. I love this next song because I feel like it just puts a cap on what this scripture is doing. As this scripture draws us closer into the Lord, as we begin to recognize our need for him, we can then draw deeper into this Easter season. And the celebration in two weeks is going to be that much sweeter. So I want you to just stand with me right now as we close out with this song, and then I'm going to come back with just one last word for you. And I just feel like we needed to just praise his name after such a heavy scripture to experience what it's like to have our joy restored because of our salvation. You see, Christ went to that cross because he so loved the world. But you are part of that world. He loved you. And he sees you where you are. And even if you can't feel him, he sees you. He sees you where you are. He knows exactly what is in each of those boxes. He knows what needs to be unpacked, what needs to be put out on display, and what needs to be just thrown out. And the good news is... He doesn't leave you to do it alone. There was a quote that was shared with me that just reminded me that while we need to recognize our brokenness, it really is the key to receiving that joy in our salvation is recognizing our own part in that is our brokenness. However, it doesn't mean that we have worthlessness. He calls us worthy. He died for you 
because you have value, because you have purpose. He loves you, and he wants to call you out of whatever dark season you have been experiencing, and he wants you to receive his joy. So I want to pray over you just as you were dismissed today. And I pray, if you want to linger here, if you, if you need prayer, Sean is here, I'm here, Yuli, Riley, we would love to pray over anybody here who just needs help receiving that joy. But I just want to pray as we close out. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the sacrifice that you put out there for us, that you laid down your son because you loved us. Lord, I pray that you help us to recognize our brokenness. I pray that you help us to, like David, come before you and just lay it all bare. Lord, we don't have to use flowery, beautiful poetry like David did. We can just simply come before you and say, I can't feel you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to confront the darkest corners of our hearts. Because you call us worthy, you want us to be clean because you love us, Lord. Not because we're worthless, we're not broken because you want to throw us out, Lord. But you want to clean it all out because you love us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you will help us to recognize that as we reflect on all of this during this season of Lent. It'll make that celebration coming up soon that much sweeter when we can be free and we can be clean. And so in Jesus' name, I pray that you will help us to walk out of here different than when we came in. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Refuge. Again, if you would like prayer, we're here for you, and I hope you have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.